Everyone and welcome to Ladies Night, the official podcast of US Chess Women. I'm your host Jennifer Shahadi and you're listening to the artist Huga of hugamusica.com and that is a song that certainly captured my heart. Oh Capablanca. His bishop was small. Thanks to everyone who supports the podcast through shares and reviews and Apple Live. If you want to get more involved in all we do at US Chess to empower girls and women through chess, please consider a tax-deductible donation of any size to our US Chess Women program and reach out to me with any questions. Hello, everyone. I am so thrilled to welcome to Ladies Night filmmaker, artist, Tatia Skirtladze. She's the director and writer of Glory to the Queen, which is a fantastic documentary film exploring the outstanding success of Georgian women in chess. It's focused on four legends of the game, former world champions, Nona Gaprandashvili, Maya Chiburanidzi, as well as Nana Aiselani and Nana Alexandria. Tatia was born in Tbilisi, Georgia, and now teaches video art at the University of Applied Arts in Vienna. It's really exciting for me to welcome her. I have read, of course, and followed the games of these great legends. And to actually find out more about them was so special, so intimate. And I am grateful that you found the time not only to, of course, make the film, but also to join me on Ladies Night. Welcome. Hello, Jennifer. Thank you for having me with you here in your podcast. And I'm really happy to talk to you today as we are like a part of one uh, world. I am more observer. You are into this chess world. I'm really happy to be your guest. And you grew up in Georgia when the chess craze the women's chess craze, the girls' chess craze was really booming. So what is your earliest memory of chess? Uh, For me, chess was like a natural part of the reality. And uh, somehow I was thinking that all know how to play chess. It came also in my life very naturally. Somehow, somewhere I started to learn how to move the pieces. And uh, yeah, this was like a, a very, very touchable part of uh, reality in our country back then. And what was your first memory of these legends that your film is focused on? Do you remember reading about them in the newspaper or hearing about I, them? Actually, I remember that Maya Chiburdanidze, whom I, at that time I thought she's very old, but she was, I think, 17 or 18 at that time. She was my. She was living in the neighborhood of the same street I am living in Tbilisi. I lived in Tbilisi because now I am living in Austria in Vienna. And uh, somebody told me, "Look on the balcony. This is Maya." <laughs> 
I think he married at that time and moved uh, in our neighborhood, yes. And she won the world championship extremely young, right? And it was a it was actually a big upset victory when she won. She was She was 17, 17. Yes. When you saw her, it was like right after she won. Basically. Yes, yes. It is not about chess, but it is about the chess players. You were a little child at that point, right? I am like 15 years younger, 14 years younger than Maya. So I guess she was older than 17 at that time because I remember her. But I was like maybe in the school, seven or six, eight. So it was one of your earliest memories. That's yes. great. Yeah. Yes. One of the beautiful things about your film, and I, I'm not surprised that you're an artist because when I saw the film, I just, I really loved this um, very conceptual thread that you had where you, of course, follow the careers of Nona Gaprandashvili and Maya Chiburdanidze, the world championship upset victory by Maya, of course. Um, When she won at the age of 17, um, Nona was the heavy favorite. So you cover all of those stories and, of course, Nana Soliani and Nana Alexandria as well. Um, They they weren't world champions, but they were very close um, and helped kind of this uh, movement in Georgia. But then you have this secondary thread where you talk about all the women, all of the girls in Georgia who were named Maya, Nana, or Nona, and explicitly in honor of these champions. And these women come from all different occupations and lifestyles. Um, Some of them are very excited to be named after the champions. Some of them were more ambivalent. So like, how did you come up with that idea? It's a really brilliant idea. So the, the idea, I would say, it is not originally mine. I, when I started to research about these chess players, I started to communicate with them. And uh, Nana Alexandria, who is a director of the chess school with big tradition, where Nona was also as a, a young student also in this school, and she, Nana Alexandria herself too, she told me that there is a, this cleaning staff, uh, cleaning lady, Maya, who told her, story about uh, of her name this was the first moment when we when she told me you know she was named after Maya because Maya at that time won the world championship but all girls in this in that day burn in that day were called Maya had to be called Maya and then wow this was the kind of moment when I started to search for the others so, and then, you know, it was a big adventure because there are a lot of namesakes of my protagonists, these fabulous chess players. And, uh, for example, Nana, who is a train warder, was just there because when we were shooting there. She just came because she saw our chess players and she ran to us and told us, hey, I am named after Nana Yuseliani. Even not knowing what are we are, what is our like um, one of the threads of our story. So we just started to find everywhere. And as an artist, I could have made also a conceptual film just with names, namesakes. <laughs> but okay, this is the other story. <laughs> I mean, one of the most astonishing examples, which I mentioned in, in Chess Queens, was that you met triplets who were named. Maya, Nana, and Nona, 
And that actually they, I think they were almost a year old with different names and they were convinced by a commission, the government commission to change yes. to Nana, Nona and Maya. That's, that's extraordinary. What were, do you know what their previous names were? Uh, yes, I think uh, Ekaterina, Marika, like uh, Marika, I think. And third, I forgot now, I have it r- written down. But I, I think this example, which you really, you mentioned now, it's really very special. And it shows a lot also about the time, about the like system, which was back then in Georgia. And also about this kind of uh, maybe pressure, which were coming from the, let's say, from the top, uh, not only on the chess players, uh, our chess players, but also on society. I guess... Is in my film, there are a lot of Mayas, Nonas, and Nanas where the parents not wa- not wanted to call them like that. Yeah, that's the second layer, which I'm really, I feel like that's the subtlety and like the, uh, the depth that you get into. Because when, you know, I first read about how many girls were called Nona, it's like the first time you read it, it's like a sweet story. You know, it's like, it's inspiring. It's cute. But then your film like takes it to the next level where you're looking at cases where, well, maybe the parents didn't actually want that. And obviously that then you're like, then you're seeing that other side. And of course, there were many girls who seemed to be delighted that they were named after the champions, but then some who were less excited, obviously. Yes, it was important to bring in a way something which is also has to do with now, with their legacy now. Also with the situation of uh, women now, because you see the, the namesakes, how they live. Some have no work, some have, oh, okay, some are successful. But you see, you know, this diversity of the uh, society and in this case of women in Georgia. And also it has like a historical, it shows very, very well, I think, what was back then, what kind of system was uh, Soviet Union, in a, in a funny way, in a light way, but uh, still very seriously. And you mentioned, I think the first one that you started with, and it sounded like this was the first inspiration too, was the Maya who was cleaning, it was, was cleaning the, uh, the chess boards and the chess club. And I feel like that's a, that was really beautifully done because you paid such attention to her um, care and her movements. And um, that's something that a lot of chess players just don't really pay attention to. Like the people who actually create the chess boards, you know, keep up with them. Oh, yeah. We're focused all on the other side about who makes the best moves, not about who kind of creates the conditions for those moves to be made. So I'm a director. So I, the, I think the side stories are uh, are bringing light also on very a main story. That's a beautiful way to show it, though, that the intellectual work is made possible by so many other people, so many um, workers and all the structures that make it possible for people to like spend all their time studying something like chess or, of course, in academics, the same kind of thing. So that, that was really beautifully done. Question, though, if so many girls were named Maya when she won the world championship match, wouldn't that be really awkward in kindergartens? Maybe. <laughs> Do you think? I think this kind of, exactly this is something. Imagine if I would uh, decide to film it like that, that suddenly we have a group, I have uh, this group of three, my uh, nonas, for example, or triplets. But I- imagine I would find all the girls from this 
uh, bird uh, station from that day. I mean, this is also possible, of course. This is, uh, I mean, this is other other film. I mean, for me, it was important to tell a story of these women because you know what? I mean, I I live since twenty five one year in Austria, and for me, it was absolutely clear that my identification uh, as a woman coming from Georgia uh, was just happening through. Tallinn, Russia, Soviet Union. Actually, the, this is uh, not my favorite, um, let's say, topic, uh, except of one person who told me when he heard that I come from Georgia, he told me are ah, female chess players. And this was very, very nice, uh, like ident- the identity I could really relate with my let's say, with my age, with my experience, with my time in Georgia, I knew these women. And then also that it was something else. It was not about uh, politics, geopolitics, whatever. It was about women and it was, chess was the, let's say, the main, main, their main occupation, which united them in their uh, beats. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Of course, it's something great to be known for, to be known for having a country with uh, extremely intelligent women, right? I, I love that. That uh, is something that your film will obviously spread. As much as you think that chess and intelligence are directly related, of course, the more time you spend with chess players, the more you may wonder if that's always the case. But <laughs> for me, it was uh, also one moment that for me was clear just in Georgia, uh, chess is seen as a female game, um, sports, more female than male. And I notice in Austria, this is not the case. I notice in Europe, this is not the case. And when I started to research uh, on chess players, uh, Georgian chess players, but not only, I was researching a lot uh, also before I decided to do it about Georgian chess players. And when I was talking about that, I just noticed that it is kind of new world which is uh, opening uh, in in in, imag- in a imagination of the people living here because they don't know these stories. And when they came to prominence, well, it started all started with Nona Gaprinashvili. Do you think that it was all about Nona, or was there some other precondition that made it likely? There were a couple of preconditions. I mean, it is a long story, but I would try to be very short. Many things. One uh, very obvious precondition was that Soviet Union tried to push, let's say, uh, workers and peasants to do something else than, let's say, drinking in the in the evening. You know, they kind of invented these clubs where you could play also chess, but also other things. This is one thing. But also, Nona is born in a city which has chess tradition. I mean, they had, uh, let's say, the how do you call it? The, at that time, in uh, there was, was king, tsar. I mean, the head of this, let's say, part of Georgia, he was a chess uh, player and chess uh, philanthropist. And you know, in Nona's hometown, in the museum of this uh, person who is a man, uh, Nico Dadiani, uh, uh, Andrea, Andrea Dadiani, 
no, Nico, Nico, Nico Dardianich. There are two, uh, two letters of Wilhelm Steinitz, who I think you should know because he is the first world champion ever. Uh, like uh, he passed away in New York. Uh, he immigrated from Austria and he made first uh, chess uh, book for learning. And this book was also, also financed partly from this person. And this is the hometown of Nona. I think there is this kind of tradition also. And also, of course, the influence from Persia, which Georgia had throughout uh, almost two centuries. And last but not least is a trainer, trainer of Nona, who find her, who kind of saw her and uh, asked the parents to send her to the capital to like learn and play more yes and many 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 kind of parts really played together it's like uh, germans say zeitgeist you know this trainer i think he he understood that there were not so many female chess players strong chess players he saw this kind of this talent in nona also nona was a sister of four brothers who were also playing chess you know, she was playing with them too. So this kind of this kind of microcosmos, uh, yeah, and many parts together. Yeah, she was on the right place in the right moment, I would say. With her, her, and she's a sportswoman. She's really a sports. She loves to play. Uh, Maya says in my film, she wants to win uh, all the games which she already lost. <laughs> it's kind of. Very competitive. There's a lot of stories about Nona and how like she just wants to win so badly. And uh, yeah. sometimes, of course, you know, that means that <laughs> if you win against her, it's not going to it's not going to be a, a very uh, happy experience for her. But uh, one thing that I really liked in your film is that you talk a lot to this amazing player who unfortunately has died since the film released, uh, Malunka Lazarevich. She was a wonderful yes. character in your film. And she was, she was from the former Yugoslavia. And that when she was playing in her most active years, she was playing under the Yugoslavian flag. And she was, spoke very eloquently about the players. She had so many insights. And one in particular was about Nona Gaprindashvili, about how generous Nona was to the Yugoslavian players um, during times of strife. I mean... Milunka Lazarevich was the uh, one who kind of made this woman to agree to work with me because she agreed to work with me. And she is very eloquent, as you said. And she is also very straight, very clear. And what she did first time when I wanted to kind of impress my protagonists to work with me, she made me with me Skype call from Belgrade to talk to Nona, and it was a big surprise for Nona. And suddenly she appeared very beautiful with this kind of fantastic uh, hat sitting in the heart of Belgrade, and she told Nona she should make this film with me. And then also, and what is very important, she managed in my film also to kind of really name what these women achieved in reality. Like she said about Nona that her uh, achievements are like landing on Mars or Jupiter. 
and she told about Maya that she's like a Mozart, female Mozart. I mean, she can really put, uh, you know, she can uh, describe and she can make comparisons so you understand uh, in cultural history or in the history of uh, humanity what kind of uh, maybe role these women played. Uh, okay, this is in chess world, but still, I mean, chess world is uh, quite big and very serious and very important and very beautiful. And I have to say, since I working, was working on this film, uh, chess players are quite a crazy special people, which I really like. Because in one moment, I, they can drift somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> you know, they forget everything. And ev this is what I really liked about them. There is this passion which makes them, uh, yeah, a little bit uh, crazy, but fun and funny. And I like to work with them. Oh, I'm so sad that Lazarevich died because I, after watching the movie, you just want to hang out with her so badly and get a coffee. She's just so, so interesting to talk to. Well, thank God, goodness, you got so many hours of her on film. She did die at the age of 86 in, uh, in Serbia. Um, and you must have interviewed her just like a year or two earlier. It just kind of shows the importance of, of history and, um, you know, interviewing people who uh, have had such such important experiences and lives because otherwise yes. a lot of these memories might fade away. Yes, Milunka was like, uh, she she called herself Shehrezada of the chess history. Oh, She's like from Thousand and One Nights, you know, and she could go on with the stories. I have so many stories, not only just about my protagonists, but also about others, about Bobby Fischer and about Michael Tal and Kasparov. And okay, she did not knew uh, the Carlson. That's okay for her. <laughs> she, she was okay with that. She was great. Last call we did was in Belgrade on phone. And she told me, you know, chess is such a, I mean, you can't watch chess players for a long. It is such a boring to watch, you know, and you need a good storyteller. She told me on the phone, a good storyteller. Of course, she is my storyteller. She did a great job. And the, the incident I was talking about, and you, of course, you should all watch the film, um, available on Amazon Prime, um, Google Play, Apple TV. I was mentioning the one where... Her town was um, in in war, right? Uh, and she ah, yes. and she mentioned that uh, Nona offered her and other chess players from her city to come stay in Tbilisi. That she would arrange, yes. you know, some conditions for them. And she said, "This is something that people don't know about Nona, like how quite how generous she was with her friends." Yes, uh, she was very. She said that this was only person who who made this offer. To women, at least, whom she know, knew at the time. Yes, uh, it's hard when the war is going on and nobody offers you kind of shelter. This is very nice. This was very personal, what she definitely wanted to say and that it came also. You know, that hits differently since, of course, you filmed the, this before the war in Ukraine. And of course, the uh, the chess community uh, has been very generous in fundraising for Ukraine. Uh, but still, you know, it uh, it's something that you can't help but think about and how, how difficult it is for our chess friends. Yes. There's so many great female chess players from Ukraine. I mean, actually, yes. it has 
kind of like a parallel story there to Georgia, I'd say. I mean, it's very sad that um, the war makes, I don't know, you, in, in a way you can offer something, but in the same time, one feels very helpless in, in doing very little things, you know. I think solidarity and uh, support is, uh, even if it's very tiny, even if it's one word, it's enough for the life to think about and don't, to don't forget. Your film came out in 2020. So actually the same year of The Queen's Gambit, which of course was a, uh, you know, international phenomenon kind of coinciding with the online yes. chess boom. What were your thoughts on the series? And at what point did you see it? You were finished with the film, of course, when you saw it. No, my, my film was premiered one month before then the Queen's Gambit was uh, on air. I have to say we both were very good in research because there are some details which are really the one-to-one, -one, like they are resembling, I mean. But uh, I, of course, for me, to, that uh, Queen's Gambit came after it was kind of very good as a director because it kind of says that you have a feeling of the time, you know, you kind of felt that there there will be some chess uh, connected contents, uh, you know, soon coming. I don't know. I didn't know about Netflix was shooting this film. I think the film is uh, like great and it made popular uh, chess, really popular and it is uh, so many women are playing chess now and I'm so happy because uh, after, after watching Netflix, of course, people were asking themselves if there are real women <laughs> who are playing like Beth Harmon, yes? So this was very good for my film. In a way, it made more public, public interest for my film. And uh, as I told you, and you know, I am coming also to US in September to show it. And uh, uh, concerning Queen's Gambit, to come back to your question, I think there are so many prejudices, or how do you call it? <laughs> or or uh, there are some moments when you think that it is, for me, it's too banal, it's too pop uh, style. But uh, of course, I think it's great film. It's it should be it should have been done like that. What do you think? You are a chess player. I mean, you are a chess player. You have more insight in this world. And what do you think about this film? Oh, I loved it. Yes, it was great for the game. It's just um, it was it was beautifully yeah. done. It showed kind of the beauty and the glamour of chess. The only thing I didn't like it was really kind of at its core. It was a movie about a great female chess player that was, you know, written by a man, based on a book by a man, produced by men, and directed by men. It was still a masterpiece, but, you know, I think that allowed some flaws to seep in, in particular, a flaw that I'm sure you're acquainted with, um, which is that they really, really botched the, uh, the scene that mentioned Nona Gaprinashvili, right? I mean, for anyone who's listening to this who hasn't heard what happened, there was a scene where Nona, who's actually the only real chess player or the only real living chess player mentioned in the entire series, she was mentioned and it was said that she was a the women's world champion, but she had never faced men. 
And this was kind of like in contrast with Beth Harmon, who never played in women's tournaments and was going to be like the greatest player of all time. And so, uh, of course, the reality is Nona was the first woman ever to get the Grandmaster title. So it's kind of like the opposite was true. And that that was kind of a rough pill to swallow, um, I think, for the uh, fans of Nona Gaprandes, really. And I'm a fan of Nona, and I love the series. But when I saw that scene, I was upset. Yeah. But tell me, what do you think? Is it possible to sue the fiction? You know, that's the problem, because I feel like I'm not a, because I'm not a lawyer and I'm not a legal expert. I don't know whether like... No, I'm not uh, asking about the, from the point of view of a lawyer, from the point of view of the, just, uh, just somebody who likes films and books, maybe. I wrote a couple of books, but recently Chess Queens. And I have to tell you, it's, I'm sure you know, as an artist, it's extremely difficult not to make mistakes. Yes. It's so hard um, because you do have a deadline. So you can't just like go over things, everything a hundred times. Um, mistakes are basically inevitable. And so yet yeah, it, it's tough to, um, you know, actually produce content and not make errors. So from that point of view, I guess I'm forgiving of them. But then I'm like, well, maybe you should have put some women uh, behind the scenes because then it'd be less likely to happen. So for me, maybe it's more of like a teachable moment that If you don't involve, um, you know, people who are represented in the film, maybe you're more likely to make errors. So perhaps just it's a good lesson, I'd say. And also the other cool thing is that because this happened, more people know about Nona, right? It went really viral. And so the series botched it. But then in a way, she almost became more famous because of all the press around this, like viral, New York Times, et cetera. Yes. It was a good thing to have this kind of also conflict, you know, this mistake, you know, this kind of uh, moral life, let's say, process, which makes more attention. Yeah, it worked out in the end. Absolutely. I mean, in that uh, so many people were telling me like, oh, do you know Nona Gaffrey-Nashville? I was like, yes, of course I know Nona Gaffrey-Nashville. But more importantly, you know now. And uh, by the way, overall, I thought that like the chess consultants did a great job. Gary Kasparov and Bruce Pandolfini, because all the chess positions were like really beautifully yeah. crafted and everybody looked like they were a real chess player who was playing, yeah. although they didn't choose any games by women. So that's another thing, you know, that was, <laughs> that was a little weird. Like they had dozens of games in the film, but none of them were by women. So anyway, I really, really liked it, but I think the more you like something, the more you can find ways to criticize it, right? Yes. That's, this is also for me, as I told you, I think it's, great that it was made and i i like to watch it some moments which which i would not call interesting i mean that this woman has this kind of ability to play chess because she has this kind of drugs or whatever this is for me too too much i mean it's really too much it's a story development but uh, for me i i i would say i really prefer to see a woman who are really strong without any kind of uh, substances taking, you know. That was based on the book by Walter Tavis. But I agree it's unrealistic because especially the drugs they chose, like downers, aren't going to make somebody play just better. But I think from a filmmaker's point of view or a storyteller's point of view, there was no real villains in the series. So the villain had to be 
like drugs. There had to be some kind of like villain. I guess maybe her her family. It's been so a while since I saw it. But um, other than that, like the drugs was actually like the thing that she was fighting against. And do you know that I heard that there will be a music made after this series? I heard that. That's so exciting. Oh my gosh, I'm going to love that. But do you know chess musicals? I do. I've heard, listen, but I've never gotten a chance to see it. I think, you know, once the kind of Cold War um, archetype story yes. became a little bit less prominent in um, culture, people abandoned that musical. But I understand it was absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, there are some hits which are, uh, which kind of state. So now you're coming to the United States to show and premiere the film, which is very exciting. So keep your eyes on the show notes because I will put some links to Tatia's schedule and I'll update it because I know some of them are still like up in the air. You've got to, you're going to Harvard to show the film and you're going to be stopping in New York City. So listeners who are from those places, keep your eyes open for some potential events. Are you now a lifelong, uh, more interested in chess? Have you been kind of like following yeah. and playing a little bit more? Yes, I, I, I like to follow the place and uh, not playing uh, because I'm not that strong and I don't have this kind of concentration ability. But I like to follow uh, good, um, good place. Yes, interesting place because I am always thinking what? the next player will do, what kind of move. And it is never like that. And this is fantastic. <laughs> you know, when you as a chess lover watch the professionals, it's very nice. I like to watch. Once you get a, enough passion for the game and enough reference points, it's definitely a passion that you can keep for life. As a filmmaker, I understand there were some challenges in this uh, movie. I saw an interview with you where you said that there were some personality conflicts in the quartet of four legendary yes. players. Tell me more about that and how did you overcome it to make a film where it, it wasn't that at all obvious to the viewer? No, because when it's about chess, these people are uh, professionals, just professionals. What they, how they interact in a private life because they have different political opinions and this is a conflict moment. Uh, this is something else. But when it's about their love and passion, they are really solidaric, not just with me, also with each other. And uh, the last, uh, one of the last scenes in the train, it was really this um, place where, where two of them, these were Nona and Nana Alexandria, talked to each other again after a conflict which has had political reason. You mean politics, not chess politics? Not, not chess politics, just the uh, other politics, normal politics. Chess, I mean, they were, these women were always competitors. It was a normal uh, situation for them to have, like, you know, to have these tensions, but they are so, such a great uh, women. They are, they are really, really, really a professional. Uh, what they do, if they do, they say to do this, then they do it. I mean, they are great. I really love to work with them. And I have great material still, which uh, is not used in the film. Time limitations. Time limitation. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you were able to make the film. It seems like it was not an easy get for some of the players, in particular Nona Gavrindish, really. 
Um, it was a real treat to see this because a lot of them just aren't interviewed that often in English. So I learned so much about these players, you know, from writing in my first book to the chess queens. I noticed that um, it was difficult to get information about some of these players' personal lives and about their their true nature and um, the direct quote. So big thank you for all the effort you put to make such a great film. And I hope people who listen to this will take the time to watch it. And it's got English subtitles. So um, yeah, you can find those on all the places we mentioned earlier, Amazon Prime, Google Play, Apple. Uh, do you have a preference for where people watch it? I mean, the, the ones who are Spanish-speaking sh- should watch, watch on Vimeo On Demand because it has Spanish subtitles. But on other platforms, there is in English. You can choose yourself, which is maybe cheaper or something. I don't know. You choose after your gadgets. Fantastic. Yes, watch the film and open up some games by Nona, Maya, and Nana while you're watching or after you're watching so that you can experience the full inspiration of glory to the queen. Um, thank you so much, Tatia Amchikertladze, um, for joining me on Ladies' Night. And we really look forward to welcoming you on your trip to the United States as well. Very exciting. Getting the word of glory to the queen out to more people. Spread it as we love to see the accomplishments of the great women of chess to be spread far and wide. If you like what we're doing at U.S. Chess to encourage women and girls to explore STEM fields, accentuate confidence, and approach an even ratio with a focus on intersectionality, your donation to our U.S. Chess Women programs is always appreciated and tax-deductible. The U.S. Chess suite of podcasts, including Ladies' Night, are produced and edited by Jason Andre at Seven Season Films Photography and Media. Please visit sevenseasonfilms.com to find out how to start your own podcast. Don't forget to listen and subscribe to all U.S. chess podcasts from One Move at a Time, Cover Stories, and The Chess Underground. Till next time, may every night be ladies' night. Now according to Sockfish I got it all wrong After slightly My dear Capablanco, you tell me we'll learn more from our defeats. Who needs victory?